Let's get straight into it, I say. The time is... What is the time? The time is... No, I've got an analog watch, okay? It's been a long day. The time is 9.54 p.m. That's right, it's an after-hours podcast. Take your pants off. After hours. This is the whatever podcast. The podcast is called Whatever with Christopher. I am Christopher. Big old duh. Whatever. It's the Whatever podcast. It is the 16th of August, 2021. How's everyone going? Great. I'll tell you how I'm going. As I take a sip of my water. I am worn out. Woo, I'm tired. I had some work today. That's right. Your boy Christopher was a cog. I've discussed cogs before on the podcast. People that fit into a great machine. In my opinion, it's a machine that doesn't do much of value. In my case, I was working in a cog for a shop. I was building a shop that will sell things that people don't really need, but my people might want. Knickknacks, bric-a-bracks, give a dog a bone. A big ceramic dog with a big ceramic bone. Sitting by your bedroom. It's an umbrella stand. Something like that. And I worked from 9 to 5 today, lifting heavy objects, precariously. I moved, I don't know, a hundred big fat boxes up two flights of stairs all day today. Damn, it feels good. I don't have to go out and work out. I can just work. So, fellow cogs out there, I'm one of you. Now, uh, for those of you who are listening, um, hi Andy. Um, this podcast is going to get uh, released a little late. That's probably not a problem because no one really listens to this. So, um, when are you listening to it? Uh, thanks for discovering the past me. What am I like now? I don't know. Am I a big old jerk? Tell me. Email me at whatupwithchristopher at gmail.com. Or go to my Patreon. Search in what I, search up whatever with Christopher. Send me a dollar a month. I'm trying to buy a set of headphones because the ones I borrowed are funny and they don't belong to me. And that's a weird thing to have around your ears. Someone else's possessions. The ears are a personal, safe space, and I would like my own vehicle for this journey. Now, now that that's over the way, would this be an inappropriate time to mention that this podcast is ad-free, and I hope it stays that way? Does it count if the ads are for your own well-being? I don't know. I'm kind of advertising myself here, aren't I? But nonetheless, there it is. Uh, I know Spotify free uh, puts ads on things, and I'm not much I can do about that. You can always pay for Spotify, or you can search for me on many of the other podcast apps. I'm just launching straight into it today, aren't I? As of now, as of this time, the time of this recording, I'm available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. That's exciting. Apple still hasn't gotten back to me. I'll let you know when you know. When you know, you know? Apple. Come on. Give me the green light, Apple. You know that's the big one. They invented it, more or less. 
Who, who really invented it? I think it was Mark Maron. Anyway. Anyway. Let's get into it. So, I've had my meal. I've exercised a lot. I'm going to try and give you a good one. All right? I've been, I've been, I've been away over the weekend. I've been making little notes. Trying to think of things I can talk about on Monday. What it really is, is I've got a whole lot of fear. Fear that I'm not going to be able to top the number six podcast that I made on Friday. That was my favorite so far. I got to be loud, silly. I got to talk about hot air balloons and hot air balloon related scenarios. That was a lot of fun for me. I never really thought about things that way until I was here in front of the mic live. But uh, like all things, there's got to be peaks and troughs, peaks and valleys, highs and lows, ups and downs, swings and roundabouts, all those things. So let's just do our best. Let's not worry about what happens. And should I deliver the podcast now? Should I should I actually do some podcasting right now? Maybe I will. How about that? Maybe I'll stop talking about it and start doing it. Good old water. No coffee today. I got to go to sleep in a couple of hours. Then I got to get back up. Oh, move my boxes. Get paid. Get myself out of this financial slump I find myself in. All right. I watched a movie last night. This is a movie I watched new. I think I watched it at the movie theater. As a seven-year-old. It came out in 1997. Do the math. It's called Mouse Hunt. It, it's such a great movie. Okay? It's a 90s movie. And so it has that lavish, beautiful, sort of top-of-their-game, state-of-the-art vibe that you don't see so much anymore because the technology is evolving so much that uh, a bunch of new people are getting in. A bunch of new people are trying to stake their claim on this new media landscape we find ourselves in. So it's great. Of course, it's all pretty much all analog. You know, we're talking film. We're talking orchestra. The orchestral soundtrack is badass. It is about two guys who are trying to kill a mouse that's in their house. And the, the soundtrack's like... It sounds like a mouse running around the house, being all sneaky. How good is that? How good is it when, like, it's it, that's like the mouse version of Jaws. That is a shark's theme song. It just it blows my mind how they're able to do that, and uh, how how less they do that these, these days. Notable exceptions would include the Mandalorian soundtrack. The soundtrack to the Mandalorian is great. And again, I know he's totally like uh, paying homage to the retro things. And so he's just he's getting me. I'm, I'm the audience, you know. I grew up in the years following uh, Return of the Jedi. So I'm all about that, uh, that, that old-fashioned orchestral music score that brings you up and brings you down and sounds all dramatic and stuff of that nature. I swear, I don't know how to breathe when I'm having a conversation. I feel like at any moment, I'm holding too much air in my chest and then too little. Maybe I'm just nervous. I don't know. Have your say. Whatever, Christopher. <laughs> so, it's this movie. This movie, it's so great. And I was... Uh, I, from what I can remember, it doesn't have a high rating. It doesn't have a high rating, or at least according to its Wikipedia, it doesn't. But anyway, we'll come back to that. Nathan Lane's in it. The incomparable Nathan Lane with his arched eyebrows and his drama and his funny voice and his mustache. In this movie, he's got a mustache. Him and his brother, don't know who he is, but he does a great job too. 
it, 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 it's great. It's not just about them trying to get a mouse. There's a whole story wrapped up in it. Their two brothers, one stayed with the father who had a string factory and made string with him, and then the father died and left them the factory in the house. The other son didn't feel appreciated, and so he went off and became a chef, and his business collapsed due to serendipity during the movie as well. And they come together in this old house, which turns out to be a classic house, and uh, and so they decide to do it up because they're going to be, become rich from it, and, and, and they're out on their ears, and they, they have no house. They're sleeping in the house, and they're trying to up, they're trying to fix it up and this but this one mouse they they feel like this one mouse is going to ruin the value of the place and it keeps messing with them it's like a little genius mouse it's basically home alone but instead of Macaulay Culkin there's a little mouse like looking you know it's like a real mouse pretty much all the time except sometimes it's like a puppet like a realistic one and sometimes it's like some early like like CG like it's running on there's a bit where it's like steals a whole wheel of like cabin bear or something and it and it uh it's running on the wheel and making the wheel like leave the room so it can get out. And I don't know how you could get a real mouse to do that. I'm pretty sure for part of the movie they did. But then, of course, they have to cut to the wide. Then it's a computer-generated mouse. I don't know. Just the... It's such a... It's like when Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl first came out. It was just such a lavish audio-visual action punchline physical action just it all these things converging in a beautiful may i know i know all the all the movies i review sound like this but is isn't 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 making a great movie about mastering all forms of of the of the art converging it you know all the different cogs making them all good and so i like to talk about every little part of it you know i like to talk about what makes what makes a great Hollywood picture. And I think what makes a great Hollywood picture is the, the confluence of the technical elements and the art. Of course, this is a movie that's best for children. But the adults should get something out of it as well. It's beautifully made. It's set in this weird this weird make-believe time. It's almost it's 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 like the past, but it's also the present. It doesn't really put a date on it, but it's set in the crumbling, sooty, old urban world. You know, the kind when there was trolleys going down the street. Ding, ding. I know I live in Melbourne and there are still trolleys going down the street going ding, ding. But maybe some horses too and some bread factories. And people are wearing bowler hats and there's big cameras that go when they take the picture. And, and it's set in that world. And it's, it's such a beautiful world for a mouse to, to crawl in and out of. The production design is just bleh, so good. That was supposed to be a French, uh, a chef's kiss, but it turned out to be like sound like a vomit. But you know, you know what I mean. Christopher Walken shows up as a exterminator, and he's so great. He just he walks into the room, dressed like a Ghostbuster. He comes in there. He he walks through. He doesn't acknowledge anyone. He walks into the house because they called him. He looks around, and he kind of does that that inverted smile thing. Hmm. And then he runs his finger up the dust on the banister and then twiddles it between his finger and his thumb. And then he just looks up at the ceiling and then looks back at them and goes, You got mice. <laughs> you got mice. You've got mice. It's so good. It's and Yeah, he goes, You got mice. And the, and the guy goes, He's good. <laughs> it's a great moment. I know I'm burning a lot of these like good moments right now, but there's just so many. It's such a great feel. Let me let me go to the Wikipedia thing really quick. All right, let's check. Uh, I don't know if I'm recording for. I forgot to set my little clicky watch thing. 
12 minutes on Mouse Hunt and on the podcast. How about that? That's about half the length of the film. You could just watch it instead of listening to me talk about it. Let's get the minute tracking right. Let's say about there. Does that work? I think that works. Okay. Let's check out the Wikipedia on this thing, huh? Hmm? Hmm? Reception. Mouse Hunt received mixed reviews from film critics. Rotten Tomatoes reported that 42% of 31 critics had given the film a positive review. The critic consensus reads, Mouse Hunt gets trapped under the weight of its excessive slapstick antics. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. Roger Ebert gave the film two stars, calling it not very funny, and maybe could have been very funny no matter what, because the pieces of comedy are not in place. Hmm. I'll have to unpack that one. I'm sure he's right, though. He's Ebert. You see, CinemaScore gave it B. That's pretty good, right? That's like a good movie. Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten, let, let me let in a little secret. This will save... If If you... If you like movies and you think you're a bit of a cinema buff, Rotten Tomatoes is garbage. Okay? Go to IMDb, which is a lot more accurate, because Rotten Tomatoes gives 100% to every popular film that's coming out right now. And films generate their own popularity because it's a business run on scientific mind control. <laughs> All right? Get your tinfoil hats on, because that's what these Marvel movies are. Some of these new Marvel movies. Marvel movies are so bad. There's so many of them. I don't. I don't want to get into it because I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, shoot your dog here. But Rotten Tomatoes gives them all like a hundred percent. Like the, they're the greatest films ever made. And the fact is, they're basic. They're, a lot of work goes into them, but they're basic. Let's let's get off the topic. Just go to IMDb, okay? Rotten Tomatoes, forty-two percent mouse hunt. This movie's a classic. Okay. Okay. Let's see what else. Nonetheless, the film was a financial success. Oh, partially due to releasing during Christmas. They won't give it any credit, will they? Come on. Come on! Seriously, watch this movie. It's on Stan right now. Australians, you have the streaming service called Stan, don't you? You have access to it. Get on Stan and watch Mouse Hunt. Or find another way to watch Mouse Hunt. It's a great... It's such a, it's such a good movie. Alright? I just... It's so good. All right, you, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm overhyping it. Just put it on, expect nothing, and just let, let it unfold in front of you. How about that? Okay? Tell me that mouse isn't cute. A lot of you, I mean, the cuteness of those minion things alone have sold like a billion dollars worth of those Despicable Me movies, right? Whoever likes those things, go watch Mouse Hunt. Look at a cute little mouse. Okay? Look at a cute little mouse. Final gross of $61 million in the North American market and $60 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $122 million. That's nothing to snark about. That's a lot of money in 1997. Its budget was $38 million. That's an expensive movie for a movie about two guys and a mouse. $38 million? Where did that go? Probably into the string factory that they built. That looks fake. The film was, re <laughs> the film was released in the United Kingdom on April 3rd, 1998, and opened at number two behind Titanic. 
Maybe Titanic buried it. Maybe that's what happened. Everyone, everyone shut the hell up in Titanic when it came out. And my mom had the soundtrack by Celine Dion, which was, you know, two different tracks. Every night in my dream, I see you. They always had that little thing. I feel you. <laughs> that little thing. What was that thing? That was the adult contemporary uh, symbol thing. And then they had that sort of uh, electric piano. So, all right. So in 1998 in the UK, Oh, it closed on July 1998. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So around 1997, 1998, there was a little known movie called Titanic, right? It came out. Everyone went, oh my God, everyone knows about Titanic. Cool. No, at number two. Mouse Hunt. Is there no room for number two? This is like that whole thing with Pirates of the Caribbean when that came out. And then Master and Commander on Stranger Shore. What was it called? The Far Side of the World? Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. That is a great movie. Peter Weir directed it and he makes a lot of good movies, okay? He did The Truman Show. Watch Master and Commander too. I, I need to start a segment about, about movies that opened at number two. Oh, number two of the box office. Not necessarily, but opened underneath a film that just kind of buried it as far as history goes. Mouse Hunter is a great movie. It deserves to be remembered. It deserves to be uh, preserved, I guess, and enjoyed for future generations and uh, left in a vault of ice for aliens to discover and learn about our ways. God, please email me. It's been a... I've, I've made, been making this podcast for a week. Is it so much to ask for a little email? Just just, just abuse me. Just say everything you hate about me, okay? Mom, if you're listening, say everything you hate about me in the, in the email. I'll read, I'll read it out. I'll listen to you for once, okay? Just want something to interact with. Uh, right now, we're entering double, double, triple lockdown in uh, Melbourne. The uh, Yeah, I've been locked down the entire time making this podcast. And... Apparently, we, we weren't locked down enough, so now we're uh, even more locked down. There's a curfew. In fact, apparently, I think, I'm, I think I'm after curfew now. Luckily, I'm indoors, or I'll be in trouble. It's prohibition out here. Can't be caught at the speakeasy. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. So, I, I guess I was saying that because uh, I'm making this thing by myself. Oh, he's sighing. He's sad. No, I'm not. But it's, you know, I don't have the option to do it any other way. Maybe I should have my housemates on. I don't know. Anyway. Mouse hunt, everybody. So, where do we go from here? What's the time, huh? How long have we been going for? I've been away for the weekend, alright? So, I'm, I'm not going to be as sharp as I was on Friday. It's, it's hard to get good at this. 19... Minutes. 19 minutes. So what? We're a third of the way there? 20, 40, 60. Yep, that's it. This is an hour-long podcast at the moment. So what else? You know what I was thinking of? Um, I was thinking of the people that are dead on Manifest. <laughs> climbers, usually. Every climber that has ever... I, I, 
I gotta get a pop filter for this. So just keep sighing with my nose into the microphone. Blow on the nose of a horse, and it'll be yours forever. <laughs> Alien Covenant. Anyone remember that movie? I kind of liked that one. It was pretty fun. Anyway. Yeah, I think just about, probably just about anyone who's ever died on Mount Everest has been left there. Because you can't get a helicopter over that thing. And uh, the bodies get moved and shift around and they're just all up there frozen. I don't know how many there are up there, you know, in, that people are really aware of that are in condition, you know, 12, 100, something like this. It's scary because and, and all this all this garbage too, empty oxygen tanks just littering up the place. I don't know if you can you can you really litter a frozen rock in the Himalayas? Does that affect anything up there? There's no life up there really, is there? I'm not gonna look it up, just uh, email me if you know. But throughout history, um especially the last, you know, fifty years or so. Parkers, you know, raincoats for snow, have been very brightly coloured. And I just imagine trudging around in the snow. Seeing a seeing a hunched over figure in the snow. Seeing this brightly coloured parker on their back. And then just turning them over and just seeing a skeleton inside it. That'd be so crazy. It'd be so damn crazy, because those, those parkers, they survive, but the bodies, they, they turn into, you know, creepy little mummies. Albeit, they always say they're beautifully preserved with uh, nails and hair and stuff, but they don't, they don't look alive. You know, they look like demons. I guess we base, you know, modern demons on dead bodies, because that's what scares us, right? I think we're going to catch it. It's... I kind of wish that, uh, I don't know, that like they f they found out that this whole time there was like a taller, a taller mountain and they just measured it wrong. And so all these people who are risking their lives climbing Mount Everest were only climbing the second tallest mountain on Earth, you know? <laughs> it's it, it's such a weird thing. Oh, I've, I've climbed Mount Everest. I've cycled a triathlon. I've run with the bulls. I've ridden an electric scooter through Tokyo. I've done something with my life. I've taken extreme risks. Some which are just down to pure luck. I don't I don't I don't really respect that. I get the rush of it, but I think that's for the, the mentally unstable in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I guess I didn't have too much to say on the the frozen Everest climber. So, apart from when I read an article about it a while back on some old episode of episode, some old uh, mag, uh, issue of National Geographic, uh, the word hubris popped up when it comes uh, when it was describing people who made their way up, and the amount of times that word has been overused, mostly in like Hollywood TV shows and movies. They've all all over there in LA. They've all just learned the word hubris, and now they just keep using it like it's it's their like word of the day on their calendar. Just like oh, such hubris. <laughs> and um, it, it once I see it, it annoys the crap out of me now. It really does. Um, 
especially when people don't use any long words. It's it just means foolish pride, for those of you wondering. And uh, you're not going to catch me using it unless it is to refer to it. Anyway, do things like that bother you? Am I showing my isolation? Maybe. What do you what do you eat and drink while you're climbing Everest? You eat food? How do you stop it from freezing? Do you eat ice cream? <laughs> All the way up there? It's just in your pockets in big handfuls? That's a fun idea. I used to carry M&Ms in my pockets when I went snowboarding. And uh, I used to think they wouldn't melt because um, because uh, you'd be near snow. But really, they're against your body, so they should be melting. But I, I guess the thing with M&Ms is, is that they, uh, they melt in your mouth, not in your hand, right? That was the whole thing. Like, they don't melt easily. So really, I could probably just fill my pockets with M&Ms on most days. Although I'm sure those little colors would seep into the the blonde linings of my chinos. <laughs> Your pocket chinos the rainbow. Uh, my M&Ms leaked into there because it was such a hot day and I didn't eat them. And the M&Ms, uh, they leaked their colors into the linings of my pants. Oh. You want to go on a date with me? <laughs> Hands off my M&Ms. <laughs> I sound like Alan Alda when I do that now. Uh, remember the guy from MASH? Hey, hands off my, my M&M's. These are my things here. I filled my pockets full of M&M's and I went to Korea and I handed them out for bullets. <laughs> that song's name is Suicide is Painless. If you hear the real version, there's some mournful sounding 60s lads with probably Beatles haircuts going... Cause suicide is painless. In the place of the trumpet. If you're experiencing suicidal thoughts or ideations, please call, please call the nearest suicide hotline. Ask someone with a phone. Use a phone and search up the number. I Everyone does that when uh, they mention suicide, so I do it too. Um, I think that's just the dumb thing. But, um, you know, you don't want someone else's blood in your hands. Suicide's very painful, people. How about that? I don't know. This uh, this podcast, each episode is like, it's like ten percent uh, TV and movie theme songs hummed by me. I hope you're into that. Can I get sued for that? I think you have to have listens to get listens and <laughs> listeners to get sued. I'm such a mushmouth. I got too much stuff traveling through my head. How do they drink the water going up Everest? Do they have to heat it as they go? How long does it take? Does it take? Do they have to drink? Do they, do they, they? You can't. You surely can't put snow in your mouth and hope for, hope it melts. Who's texting me? What is this? Um. See, I feel like he didn't get. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. I see my friend's texting me because I I, I uh, asked him. My friend's girlfriend is um is into the social media world. She uh she she works within it, and so I'm asking her for help to uh, find me listeners. So um, fingers crossed here that you listening can thank uh my friend's girlfriend for turning me on to I don't know how to get you to download me. Download me. Put me in your pockets with your M and M's. 
Your M&M's. I put it in a pocket with my M&M's. Isn't that a weird way of pronouncing M&M's? My M&M's. <laughs> my Evanescence CD and my M&M's. And my M&M's got into my Evanescence. And it, it got all over the shiny bit of the CD. And then, and then Wake Me Up Inside came out like rainbowy sounding. Wake me up inside. Anyway. I think people drink too much water nowadays. Everyone's walking around with a big tank of it. And they're just slipping it up. And they're filling it up as hard as they can from taps. Just filling it right up. Chugging it. There's no consensus on how much water to drink. People are don't you want to drink water? Do you want to pack water? We're going for a big walk today. I'm like, no, I'll dr- I drank water before. I'll drink it after. Can I just not carry a, a heavy liquid with me all the time? Am I right, people? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I want to go against the flow at this point. Um, flow, water. Hmm, there's a joke there. Hmm... So I don't even really have a water bottle. I mean, I'm staring at one right now, but I don't have it. It's I set it free. It's its own man. Um, yeah, I wouldn't trust that water bottle over there. I just, I guess, I'm just hanging on to it in case I feel like using it. But it's from years ago. I didn't use a water bottle. I just grab a glass wherever I'm at and I drink water. And I think I'm pretty hydrated. I got that crystal clear urine. Isn't that all we need, really? We just need clear urine and a general sense of well-being. Doesn't that mean you're drinking enough water? I think drink people drink too much. I do. Um, I'm just going to text back thank you to my friend. Ooh, I will write. Thanks. I'm gonna, you got to do more than a one word answer. Otherwise, they're like, what's wrong? What have I done? Ooh, thanks. You got to keep it upbeat, you know? <sighs> okay. Too much water. All right, so... This 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 topic has been floating around a bit, and I wanted to get into it because I haven't looked into it, and it's it's a fascinating idea. Again, around eighteen years ago, when I was a kid, <laughs> I played a game called Red Alert Two. It was uh, a bit like Age of the Empires for those of you who are about forty now. Um, you know, it's one of those games where you, one of those computer video games where you like look down on a on an army and you build a base, and you know you know the kind the the Real-time strategy games or whatever. Okay, and in this game, it was set in a future... In a future uh, Cold War, which turned into a hot war with Russia. Um, And so there's a future America with future technology and a future Russia. And and the uh, Americans used dolphins with collars to uh, swim under the water and attack enemy ships and scatter mountains, stuff like that. Apparently... This is kind of a real thing. As soon as we figured out dolphins could be trained and they could go do stuff and we could attach shit to them, we've been trying to exploit that because uh, we're a bunch of, I don't know, self-propelled monsters. So I'm just going to type in dolphin assassin into uh, DuckDuckGo here. Dolphin assassin. I can't... I, assassin spelt... Is that how you spell it? With four S's? As assassin. Sassy dolphin. Let's see. Hmm. Business insider? This isn't right. 
Dolphin Dolphin Assassins Menace Gulf of Mexico. Mm. Oh, oh, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Is this true? <laughs> if it is, it's awesome. I'm enjoying weird news right now. Rogue Kitashin Death Squad may be armed. I don't believe this. This can't be real. Heavily armed, frightened, and confused. No, we don't mean the Bush administration. <laughs> very good, very good. Oh. Very good. This article came out 2005, and it's very timely. No, we don't mean the Bush administration. Oh! 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 But a group of killer dolphins trained by the U.S. Navy and lately washed into the Gulf of Mexico by Hurricane Katrina, if the Guardian is to be believed. According to the Observer report by Mark Townsend Houston... Navy dolphins trained to shoot suspected terrorist frogmen with narcotic dart guns mounted on their frickin' heads have gone over the top and may be menacing divers. And perhaps nice dolphins, like the ones recently... F yeah, you give a gun to a dolphin, it's gonna hold up another dolphin. Give me the seaweed! Punk! Translation. Give me the seaweed. <laughs> That's how it always comes out, you know. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the of the 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 mute monotone uh, uh, translations of things, but they're always a bit. You know, they're always good for a laugh when people are like, I I don't know. When it, I'm not going to do an accent here for, for some obvious reasons, but if a dolphin was saying uh, uh some some shit, it was going. He said, I'll kill your whole family. And that's at the point when I signaled to my wife and we just swam for it. We swam until our beaks were sore. And that's when we knew that we were free. I hate those dart dolphins. I hate them with all my heart. All right. That's crazy. I don't. I don't believe this at all. This can't be right. Why would what, what what terrorists scuba dive? A lot of these people have never. A lot of these ter A lot of these uh, classic terrorists, which I'm sure that the uh, that the, the U.S. Navy defined in 2005, they probably even can't swim. They're, they're stuck in the desert. You know those those kind of terrorists. I know that the U.S. suffers from domestic terrorism and of of many different kinds. But uh, we're talking about terrorist frogmen that the Navy is targeting. We're talking about people, you know, Arabic and Muslim people, basically. Like, like sort of a mix of them. I'm showing my ignorance here. All right, here we go. The evidence of this report is the loose speculation. <laughs> the loose speculation of one Leo Sheridan. I'm, glad, I'm so glad this was turned into a story. The evidence of this report is... So this report is about the fact that another report came out and it was loosely speculated. So, uh... I don't know. There's the media for you. God. There's the media for you. 
I'm also a media watchdog, by the way. Just so you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very astute. I hold people to a high standard. All right. Um, zh, 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 zh. Are these a real thing? Hmm. If divers or windsurfers are mistaken for a spy or suicide bomber, <laughs> in what world does a does a does a, a diver or a windsurfer get mistaken for a spy or a suicide bomber? I guess there was that Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie where he surfed in at the start. Remember that one? Right at the like like his last one maybe he he surfs onto a beach. That that's that's his spy. Like this is just a guy surfing, and he it's like four commandos all dressed in black at nighttime surfing onto a beach, and then he gets a knife and he sticks it into the sand like blade down, and then a little satellite dish comes out the top, and that's how they that's how they get. It's a waste of a knife, first of all, but couldn't they just stick? Couldn't they just stick the the satellite thing on the ground? I don't know. We've got comms. I surfed in. We're looking for Zal and the diamonds. It's my Pierce Brosnan. Hopefully it's accurate. I was mistaken for a spy by a dolphin. In this case, correctly. He fired a toxic dart at my head. It's a, it's a Bond movie. It's it's too ridiculous. for it's, It belongs in Agent Cody Banks. It's so ridiculous. Or what's the new one, huh? Um... Ash, what's the new one? Who's that? Who's that? That British spy? Who's like, oh, I'm a spy. Yeah, what? I like wear suits and that. Me glasses have lasers in him. Who's that spy? They made two movies, and the second one was really bad. What was it called? The Kingsman. That's right, The Kingsman. I must teach you manners. I will teach you manners with my umbrella. I love. Uh, I love what's his face. You know, the guy, the King's Speech guy. He's great. He's great. Okay, so... The darts are designed to put people, put the target to sleep, so they can be interrogated later. Why would... You can't put put to sleep a person swimming in the ocean. This this story's bullshit. This, this is the most bullshit story ever committed to the internet. I do not say that lightly. Okay. Alright, I'm, I'm I'm getting out of this one. This one's insane. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, hang on. Admittedly, the US Navy does use trains, trained dolphins by its own admission. You call that a blowhole? They're useful for mine detection. <laughs> Looks like Flipper found a mine. Blowing up dolphins. Damn, mine fodder, they should say. The dolphins are mine fodder. Admittedly, the US Navy does use trained dolphins. They're useful for mine detection and for locating suspected enemy swimmers. Rescuing friendly swimmers and the like. But we find ourselves persuaded by the Navy's explanations that dolphins, being an alien species with an entirely different sensory and cognitive apparatus, are ill-equipped to detect and process the subtle signals that humans use to distinguish between friend and foe, and are therefore unsuited to search and destroy missions. But dolphins' assassins, there's the keywords, would make great fodder, there's my word, for a B-movie suspense script. Oops, sorry, that's been done. 
All right, I'm just going to click on that really quick. Was that um that Keanu Reeves movie that was made before The Matrix? I remember where the dolphin is kind of the good guy, and he's kept in a tank with a... Oh, 404 can't be found. Well, that's disappointing. I am going through the archives here. Okay. Let's see what else we got. I'm really... What was it called? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Look it up. Um, Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Techno future. Not the Matrix. I don't know. Something like that. Evidence puts dolphins in a new light. As killers. Dung dung. There it is again. SVU. In the criminal justice system. Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. The dedicated squads at elites who pursue these crimes are the special victims unit. These are their stories. Bong bong. That was pretty good, right? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I don't think I said all the words right, but um You know. It's a great time. Armed and dangerous. Dolphin assassin. Dolphin assassin. Dolphin assassin. All right, let's let's look up. All right, let's 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 insert the word Russian into this. Get a whole new flavor here. Do you have vodka in the freezer? You might just be a Russian. I have vodka in the freezer right now. I hear that's the way to do it. And um, I had the I bought this top shelf vodka. I got it on special. And um, I don't really have much of a use for it. So now I get to just sit on it until I need it. Isn't that a great feeling when you can actually just sit on something until you need it? It's just sitting there. You're not throwing it out. You're not using it. You're not eating it, drinking it, whatever. It's just there when you need it. And for vodka, that's a hard thing to do. And somehow I've summoned the uh, the fortitude to um, not have it. And once I have company over, you know... <laughs> When the lockdown ends, one fine year, hopefully before I hit 40. That's an exaggeration, people. Um, I'll be able to enjoy it. The real submarines. Check out Russia's combat dolphins. Me likey. That is clearly a submarine. A very rusty submarine. It must be Russian. Can't spell Russia without rust. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. What is rust? Alright. Unusually friendly beluga whale. That's not a dolphin. Okay. That's like a that's like a if uh, Andre the Giant was uh was a dolphin. It's like a ballooned up it's like a beluga. It's like a balloon ballooned up uh dolphin. One of peanut. There are four horses. All right, all right, all right. Let's have a look here. Attempting to dislodge a yellow harness on its back by rubbing against the ship. Hmm. Hmm. The harness had a clip apparently for mounting a camera and the words Equipment of St. Petersburg written on a buckle. Incriminating. Why would you write that there? I guess it's not against the law. Oh, maybe it was a shadow operation. Maybe this is a US thing. Property of St. Petersburg. Written in like italics. 
with like an American flag. Yeah. A similar yellow harness, this time mounting a camera, can be seen on a sea lion trained by the Russian Navy. Okay, so they put cameras on things. BFD. Hmm. What else you got? Huh? What else you got? I'm not finding much, am I? See, I thought I'm just, I'm just remembering. I'm pretty sure I heard about this uh, this piece of equipment that kind of washed up, and it was it was part of a a strange uh, a strange piece of a you know a dolphin harness, and it was from like the the Cold War. That's what I want to find. Military marine mammal. Hmm. Military marine mammal. I like that. Wikipedia too. Bottlenose dolphins, seals, sea lions, and belugas. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Soviet Union. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Alright, that's not that's not good. Boring, boring, boring. Blah blah blah. Ukraine allegedly resurrected the military dolphin program. What if they just started resurrecting like deceased of uh, Cold War dolphins that had like scars in their eyes and you know like a score to settle what year is it what year is it maybe maybe when it does that it has like the, the Stephen Hawking voice because it's like in a translated what year is it the year is 2012 where am I Ukraine Set me loose against allied enemies. Duh. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. All right. Blah, 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 blah. Reading, 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 reading. Boring. All right, all right. I'm, I'm about ready to ditch this thing. Maybe we'll come back to this later. You know, some other time. Anyway. How are we doing for time here? Oh, my God. We're about 45 minutes in. We've only talked about two things, movies and dolphins and Everest. I guess a few things. You know what else I got into? I got into a show that I feel nostalgic for that I've never watched. You ever do that just because it's from your time or from a little bit before your time? Because uh, around the mid-90s when I started watching TV, uh, things were playing from earlier. You know, from 10, 20, 30, 40 years earlier. The, the whole, The whole... Library of the 20th century was sort of on display on TV and being re rerun for the first time. All sorts of things. Old Dracula movies. Uh, some things were, were running and had been running for years. The Golden Girls was still going. Thank you for being a friend. Dum -dum -dum -dum. Not that I ever watched that, but I, I used to, I think I used to watch the uh, opening maybe. Or am I thinking of Keeping Up Appearances, which is sort of like the, 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 the hoity-toity English version of that movie. In a way, and that show. But um, <clears throat> I watched this show uh, called The Borrowers. And I don't know if you're familiar with The Borrowers, but it's based on like a much beloved uh, series of books, I think, made in maybe the 50s in the UK. And it's just about tiny people who live secretly in regular-sized humans' cottages. They're about the size of a mouse. They live in the walls and stuff, and they... they quote borrow things from people they really steal them but you know you, you can't you can't go through your life feeling bad about yourself otherwise you wouldn't progress as a race so they call it borrowing and they take stuff 
from people and build a life out of it. They have time, you know, they have huge pencils and they, but, and, but the thing is in the, in 1992, the BBC or whatever made a TV adaptation of The Borrowers. And it was about six episodes long. They did like a second season, like a year later with the same cast. And it's really nice. Like it's, it's one of those, of course it's kind of dated because it's kind of old and it's very nice. And they have that bassoon playing, you know, the way the, the way the BBC music kind of shows always did back then. The people are on a, almost entirely on a blue screen to look tiny um, and shrunken down. It's not bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But I feel a nostalgia for it. And, and it's, 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 it's very nice and very sunny and happy. And there are insects and birds and cottages and English people going, Well, I never! And all those kind of things. And evil governesses. You've been nothing but trouble! People locking each other in, every, in people's rooms. I shall lock you in. Turn the key. Th- those are the great stories. Oh, please, please. Headmistress, I didn't mean to. T- oh, you never. You have nothing but trouble. They're always wrong, the adults. I love it. I love that. So the the, the dad of this borrowing family is uh, played by Ian Holm, who played Bilbo in the uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, those first three. So again, I have that great, he's got that great magic to him, doesn't he, Ian Holm? He's sort of, it's times like that, young Baggins, when you've got to be extra careful. And he has that little smile and that little, you know, he's, his eyes narrow. You've got to be extra careful, young boat. You never know which way the wind will sweep you off. Sweep you off your feet and off to adventure. I should like to go on one more adventure. He's got that whole vibe about him, and, which is good after playing, playing like a murderous psychopath droid. In 1979's Aliens, uh, it's funny to see him make such a turn. But now that's sort of how people know him now. He's got quite the range, so it's great seeing him as the dad. And um, it's just—I don't know. Check it out. It's all on YouTube at the moment. You can just type in the borrowers. Um, I don't know if you want to make sure. Type in 1992 because they made a movie in like 1997, which again is pretty similar to Mouse Hunt and Home Alone, starring like John Goodman and. Uh, who who does who play who's like doing Ian Holmes role? It's uh what's his face? Um, if you can can can, <laughs> you know that guy, Jim Broadbent. Oh, that's a deep one. And and you can tell because they're all they're all they're all wiry redheads in this movie. So watch the show where they're not all wiry head red redheads because I I you can get something out of the show. I don't know. Stick it on about eleven at night if you go to bed soon. Just let it like lull you into a relaxed place, a place of garden snails and gnomes and I don't know it's great just watch it god why that's so difficult to make you watch things what am I doing what's this voice I don't know I just like doing I just like going to, from voice to voice and theme song to theme song like the last the last couple of times I've done this is this what the show's gonna be I did say this was gonna be an experimental show so um I don't know take your lumps and uh Correct this course before it goes too far. If uh, you hate it, have your say. Go to the email. And there it is. Let's have some water. It's been a big day. Cogging about. Lifting things. Oh, man. Man, how do we have the time? It's late. You know, know, it's late. I would like to be sitting in the main room playing. I'll tell you what I did. All right, let's, let's, let's roll back a bit. This whole weekend, I'll tell you what I did. I played a Spider-Man game. 
on my TV. And it was great. Okay, we'll come back to that sometime. But I played Spider-Man because I haven't done that something like that in a while. I just swung through New Swang? I swinged. I swinged it through New York City and then I solved crimes and I made little wisecracks and I shot webs at people. Okay? That's not a bad way to spend a weekend if you haven't done it before. Even if it is on a video game. But um I'd love to just be doing that right now. But uh the podcast needs to be made. It's Monday. I'm on a roll with it. This is how things grow. You got to stick to it. So I'm back from the laundrette doing my laundry. I've made my food. I've eaten my food. A mother's work is never done. Linda Finkel is a bad musician. Look it up. Linda Finkel. Um, yeah, but uh, now that I've got a week behind me and I'm actually doing some, I got some work happening. It's, it's, it's times like that when you must be extra dedicated. You never know where it might sweep you off to. So here I am recording the podcast late at night. I'd like to say it's a different vibe, but it really isn't. I got the same energy. I mean, maybe I should bring it down a little bit. Maybe I should bring it down. Maybe I should see you out right, you know? Get you relaxed. Maybe you're getting close to pulling up into the car park before you take that elevator into your cubicle. And you join your cog life. As I will join mine tomorrow morning. Maybe you need me to bring you down a bit. I don't know. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about? We talked about some movies that people tend to say are bad, but are actually good. Not just because I like them, but because they're actually good and I have good taste. So, no. Here's here's another one, okay? No, I can't can't even... I'm not going to even mention this one. I'm going to tease it for the next episode, okay? I'm going to type it in here into my notes and do it later. Because I can't do it now. I'm going to get worked up again. I'm going to get worked up. And I'm trying to bring it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay, what's left to talk about, huh? I'll tell you. You know, you know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about going to going skateboarding. Most of us have been on a skateboard at some point. They usually have little flippy things on either side, so you can and you step on those. You thing flips, and you can do tricks, or you can just fall off, like most people when you touch those things. You get on them. You start rolling, and usually after a while, you're like, this this feels terrible. I don't like this. Guess what? You're on a bad quality skateboard. These things are everywhere. I'm not going to tell you how to find good quality skateboards and parts. you got to do your research. And you got to be honest about your needs. Because skateboarding is really fun. Once you The, the thing is, I, I, I snowboarded from a young age, but pretty soon I found out that I could not afford it <laughs> to keep taking myself out to the slopes and renting gear and r- driving all the way out there and stuff there's like two snow like ski run mountains in australia it's a it's a pretty big country there's two big things and they they kind of know they're special you know so it it uh, it's it's a hard thing to get back to every year so i started skateboarding and like a lot of things when i get into them really deep i do a lot of research and i i got really into it I found out you can buy soft wheels for your skateboard so that when you're on harder surfaces, sort of roads and stuff, it doesn't go and you don't just vibrate yourself to death and go very slowly, I might add. This is this is why car wheels, cars and bicycle wheels are full of air on a soft. To not 
like jitter you over those things. The, the, the hard, scratchy wheels are for smooth skate parks. They're for people who do tricks. They work better. I'm not going to go into it. So if you want to get around and, and do the whole sidewalk surfing thing, squeaky chair, you gotta you got to buy soft wheels. you got to get good trucks. But sometimes I'll just... I, I, live, I live in the city, okay? So the city has uh, a lot of soft paths. It has some hard roads that cars go on. And it has... Around a lot of buildings, it has sort of a smooth tile. Like a, like a stone tile. Very smooth. I guess you'd call it stone. But it's, it's tile-like, you know? And um, it's a very smooth ride. Especially if you have these soft wheels. Now... I put together a nice skateboarding setup. It just looks like a trick deck, but it's got soft wheels. It's nice and maneuverable. So sometimes I just like to get my pads, get my helmet like a big dork, because I'm not going to fall over, break my wrist, and lose my job, okay? Or crack my head and forget my ABCs. You just get on that thing, start pushing, and then just start surfing and try to find the places where no one is. And I do all the old school tricks. I don't like all the new stuff so much. Typical. I just... <clears throat> Excuse me. I get down really low. And I feel my hand along the ground. And then I get on one leg. You know, like I kind of do stuff like that. Or I, I put my feet together. And I stand near the front and put my hands behind my back. And lean around. And I just surf it. It's like a magic carpet when you get it down. You can get... Your skateboard set up real nice. And then you just got to go out and just like enjoy it. And if this if this kind of lockdown thing is getting to you, you can during your two hour exercise window before curfew, ah, you can get on your skateboard and just skate around. And it's, it's a cool thing. I think more like grown ups should do it. I'm going to do it soon. I haven't gone in a little while. I might, I might go soon. I'm looking across to my room right now, my skateboard. Is right against the door, along with my guitar and uh, a big axe. Which, I don't know why that's there. It's not like I have to grab an axe quickly and head out the door. I guess it's there because everything long and standy up here is over there. It's for splitting wood. It's a splitter. You know, a splitting mall. But anyway, I recommend it. I recommend it. It's a good way to like to like blow off steam and also get some exercise and just get you moving through your world. You don't have to go on the main streets where the cars are. You can just pad up. You can go slowly. I don't know. Practice on some flat ground first. Look into the kind of uh, skateboard you want to assemble. You can get all sorts of cool longboards now. I know electric is like becoming the thing, but why not enjoy a bit of simplicity and maybe maybe get your body moving a bit more, seeing as you're out there already. You won't you won't mind it because it's it's all reward. As you push, you get to fly and float and. If you're going flat and on downhill, you get that real, you know, that real coasting, and then you hit uphill and you gotta skate, 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 and it's it's a good workout. That being said, I think at some point I want to get one of those electric skateboards. That's gotta be awesome. I mean, the the kid me, the kid version of me would go apeshit for those. Uh, and it's very futuristic. It's very superhero. It's very hoverboardy. Probably have to do that at some point and just like electric my way around down by the river or something where the path is. Just that would be all right. That's got to be good, you know. Just not not using your body at all. 
And you get a little bit of workout from the balancing and from the turning and keeping your body upright like that. You would, but that, that's that, that, that's more like what snowboarding's like, because seeing as snowboarding's tends to be all downhill. I don't know. I'm just throwing some ideas out here. I've seen those one wheel things. You stand on the either side of one big wheel. I like the idea of there being a big wheel because it's more stable. You know, it goes over things easier. Doesn't get caught up. Little wheels get stuck in things and hit little rocks and go crazy sometimes. But every time I see one of those big wheel things crash, it usually seems like it's because it has one wheel. And it's just bottoming out on one side where the feet are. So, I don't know. Give me give me a two-wheel version of the one wheel where... I kind of like the idea of the one where you stand inside the wheels. Or maybe you just have wheels on the outside of your feet. Not on the inside where the... You're standing on a, on a, on a seesaw, basically. That's the, that's the problem. If you overbalance and the thing doesn't correct you, aren't you going to hit that bit and just... It's like slamming on the brakes and you'll just fly off. It's not good. But anyway, I think we just hit an hour. And man, what a comfortable hour it was. Um, I can't say that every day. Comfortably reaching an hour of talk. Maybe I need the weekend to assemble myself together. Maybe I'm just getting really good at this. Seeing as this is podcast number seven. <laughs> not very not very many. I'm sure this is a long and crazy process. And if I just keep doing it, how long am I going to keep doing this with no listeners, huh? A year? God, that'd be weird. I'm pretty sure I could be declared certifiably insane for talking to myself uh, one hour every day. You know, lock me up. And it's that kind of humor that people stay here for. Don't know. Anyway, um, peace out to all the Girl Scouts. Feel good in your accomplishment, all you cogs out there. And and let's all rejoice that you're welcoming me into your toothy bosoms right now go the cogs and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow on Tuesday yeah I'm gonna go alright see ya whatever with Christopher